of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Around the state. And around the world. It's time to talk LSU women's basketball. Three, two, one. Ball game is over. Your Fighting Tigers are national champions. This is the Kim Mulkey Show, the very latest on the reigning national champions, live from TJ Ribs, presented by Our Lady of the Lake, the championship health partner of LSU Athletics. Fakes left, goes right, jumper baseline, good from 12 feet, Williams left her defender in the dust. Now... Standing by with Hall of Fame coach Kim Mulkey, here is Patrick Wright. And a very good, pleasant good evening, Tiger fans. Welcome to another edition of the Kim Mulkey Show here at TJ Ribs. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday night. The uh, coach will join us here in a few moments as we've got a lot of good things to talk about. It's LSU and Texas A&M coming up at home on Thursday night. A little bit better time. It'll be at 7 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock as the Tigers will take on the Aggies, a, a team that LSU's had some good success against at home. We'll run that down in a little bit. And then we're back on the road Sunday at Auburn, uh, 2 o'clock for that game time, and then we'll be on there at 1.30. For that one, LSU coming off of a very nice uh, opening week in SEC play. The Tigers got a home win in uh, a very tough win over Missouri, 92-82, to and then took the show on the road to Ole Miss, had to fight hard, gave up a lead, and then went back and rebuilt it and got a win over the Rebels uh, by 11 points. The final score in that game was 84-73. So Tigers one of four 2-0 and uh, squads atop the Southeastern Conference. Uh, a couple of other quick notes. Uh, Michaela Williams was named Freshman of the Week in the SEC for the second time. There is still a girl at Ole Miss with broken ankles. Um, from the, uh, one of the better moves you'll ever see. Uh, and Michaela, of course, uh, finished that off and made the three-point shot. She gets Freshman of the Week. Tigers still ranked number seven. They've won 15 in a row, now 15-1 and one on the season. The Aggies uh, are playing pretty well. And, you know, we're going to see a couple of teams uh, that are very good on defense again. Texas A&M only allowing in the low 50s, and Auburn's also having a good defensive uh, year as well. So we'll dig into those matchups as we go along. So Tigers uh, in the midst of SEC play. And it's gotten off to a good start. Tough league and just four 2-0 teams after the first weekend. So we'll talk with Coach about that. We also will go to our Bud Light fan questions. Got a couple of those pretty good ones lined up. And about halfway through, about 7.30, we will be joined uh, as uh, we do each year. We have a segment with each of our women's coaches. Next week we'll have Jay Clark from gymnastics. But this uh, on this night we will have uh, Rick Bishop, our swimming coach, who has really turned the swimming program into a, uh, into a thing, and it's getting better and better. So we'll talk to him at about 7.30. So looking forward to getting into it. Um, one thing, and we mentioned this last week, uh, and that the uh, National Championship Bud Light bottles and uh, koozies, and we see a lot of them here, our friends from Mockler Beverage brought those, and uh, they've got some hats out as well. Um, these will be for sale. The National Championship beers will be for sale at the PMAC on Thursday. So if you are uh, the type who enjoys a good beverage, that might not be a bad choice, and you have yourself a souvenir. So, uh, But thanks to Mockler Beverage for bringing out uh, the, the gifts for all of our fans here tonight. 
as you can tell, they're appreciative. So we'll take our first break. When we come back, Coach will join us. We'll uh, start digging into it. So stay with us. The Kim Mulkey Show here on TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back with more on the Kim Mulkey Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake, live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to TJ Ribs. It's uh, the Kim Mulkey Show, presented by. Uh, we, we're here. Uh, we're presenting it at TJ Ribs, is who it's presented by, and uh, I think I'm just so. Uh, so in awe of the person who's joined me up here, I lost lost my train of thought. It's your defending national champion head coach, Kim Mulkey. She's here. Well, Coach, the SEC's hard. Some of those wins, uh, well, you know, Missouri, we had to kind of pull away there in the second half, and then Ole Miss thought, you know, thought we had them at halftime, and then they make a big run, and our team settles in. But it's not easy. It gets hard, doesn't it? Well, we have a target on us now, and it's just crazy to me to all go to Oxford, Mississippi, and the line is wrapped around the building. And I think two years ago when I took my first team there, you could count the number of people that were in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, not to take away from Ole Miss, but I bet they don't have that number at the next game. They were there to see us, and that's an honor, and um, it's a privilege to wear that LSU uniform. Somebody told me, they said, people just come to watch y'all for a lot of reasons. And you attract people. Angel attracts certain crowd. Then Flage, and then whatever you're wearing, Coach. And then on top of all of it, y'all are good. You play good. You play hard. And people want to see that. So um, it was quite the crowd. And um, I imagine it's going to be like that everywhere we go. Yeah, I mean, without exaggeration, I can say the crowd at Ole Miss, they listed it at a little over 9,000, which is their capacity. And as I looked around, it pretty much was full. That probably literally was the total of the last 10 times I've been in that building. That's how big of a a gathering it was. And and their coach, to her credit, she has said, you know, if we can get crowds even half of this, it can help us. Um, You know, she, Coach Yo, even said in her her postgame a little bit that, her team is not used to playing in front of big crowds. Our team is, and she thought that was, you know, that was a, had a little bit to do with maybe her, you know, how her team not starting as well as they did. Well, I understand part of that, yeah. but if it's your home crowd, you yeah. you should benefit from that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not sure that was a home crowd for them. I think our introduction was a lot louder than theirs. People were there to watch LSU, and I really believe that, but. Obviously, the Ole Miss people were wearing their jerseys, and, um, you know, it's just good for basketball. Whoever you were there to watch, it doesn't matter. It was a great crowd. Uh, their quarterback was sitting behind our bench. I think Coach Bianco was there. Oh, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't see, him. see him. I was just told that. So um, it was just good all around, and um, I, I, I know they have a good team. They were a Sweet 16 team last year, beat Stanford. Their defense is really good and tough, and they're long and athletic, and um, it was a good game. Yeah, it was, and uh, like I said, your team had to – I took took a, a pretty good uh, punch from them early in, in that second half. You go into the locker room up 13, and they come out. And, uh, and you know, we, we missed some shots that we normally make. Um, I'm pretty sure I cursed the thing as I was talking with Debbie Antonelli and Beth Mullins at halftime. And I said, hey, look, who who's going to stop us? We got five scores, and we come out and go one for 12. So well, I'll, I'll take that one. That well, was you, you scored 50 points and a half. Yeah. 
The bad part of that is we gave up too many. We gave up too many. Ole Miss doesn't score that many points. So were they that hot and that motivated, or is our defense just much worse than I think? I keep saying we're not there defensively. Uh, we're giving up too many points, but I do think we're getting better. It, it's it's not showing or reflecting in the final score of the opponent, but uh, we talked about it a long time in the film room today, and um, I just think the the more we can get on the floor together um, and trust each other, I think we'll get better defensively. And again, I think the point bears repeating when we came back after Christmas, and you know we hadn't hadn't seen Haley play in about a month because of her foot. There were really only in game three with the lineup, you know, outside of the injuries and dismissal, we don't have, uh, you know, Katira, we don't have Samaya Smith. But with the group you got, they've now really only played together three games together as the unit that we're going to see for the majority of the rest of the season. You're right. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, disruptions, and uh, you don't you don't make up for that except for being on the court. And in practice, you got to be very careful until you you develop a bench and you're playing more people how long you go and practice with that group. Uh, But back to your original comment, I've said from day one, we can score the ball. And I want them to get out of this mindset. Not that they're in this mindset. I don't ever want them to think, well, we're just going to outscore you, so I don't care if I give up that shot. I don't care if I turn the ball over. We're going to go down and score the ball. You can't have that mindset and beat good teams. We're at TJ Ribs, where basketball fans go to celebrate, indulge in the world's best baby back ribs, fresh seafood, and Cajun-inspired cuisine, all while experiencing the excitement of LSU basketball. We'll return to TJ Ribs with more of the Kim Mulkey Show after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. The very latest on the reigning national champs. More of the Kim Mulkey Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And we are back live at TJ Ribs, the Kim Mulkey Show, here uh, on a Tuesday, as we are every Tuesday at 7 o'clock moving forward and uh, talking about a couple of wins. We'll look back at the Missouri game. That was the SEC opener, and uh, it was a a close game until about four minutes to go in the first half. Went on a little run there at the end of the first half and then came out in the second half just on fire, scored 32 points. And we had three players score 20. Uh, Morrow, 25 in her first SEC game. Flauger had 24. Angel Reese had 21 points, 13 rebounds. But the thing I remember us talking about the most was um, was how Flauger Johnson has kind of taken that step from super to now just super, super. You know, she was good enough as freshman of the year. And I think we all can see the growth in her game from last year to this year. Had that conversation in the film room. Um, and, and let me just explain to you, Flage Johnson had to play a lot of minutes last year. We didn't have the depth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And her game was catch, shoot, catch, shoot, catch, shoot. Um, she thought she was supposed to play 40 minutes a game, and when she came out, she didn't understand it. Her game is evolving now. She's not just going to spot up at the three and shoot it. She takes you off the dribble and shoots the mid-range now. She has taken you off the dribble and done the finger rolls and the layups. She's blocking shots. She's guarding the best player on the perimeter for the other teams. And that's what I've challenged her to do. You don't want to just be a one-dimensional player. You're too good. And I just think she's our glue right now. She's the one that has been steady from the time we started until today. And that's good to see. 
you know, watching her uh, dribble up and down the court. I'm not sure she can dribble in a straight line. She can move <laughs> from side to side and zigzag around and, and get places you don't think somebody can get with the ball, and she's good at, uh, at avoiding defenders and, and finishing. Think about these plays. She comes down in front of our bench late in the Missouri game and blocks that shot with her left hand. That's Sports Center top ten material. You go to Ole Miss and Michaela breaks that kid's ankles. That's Sports <laughs> Center top ten material. That's a freshman and that's a sophomore. Can you imagine as they continue in their careers how good they're going to be? Yeah, um, you know that. I will, I will talk about the Ole Miss thing in a second. I'll get to, the, but let's finish the Missouri. I got a couple of thoughts I wanted to ask you about on that. Um, so you, we get uh, then start to kind of pull away a little bit in the second half, and uh, I, again defensively in that third quarter might have been one of the better ones, but the, the, it was where the transition defense leading to offense, we talk about it all the time, but that's when that ball starts rolling, it, it, it's got to be pretty fearful for uh, the opponents when, when we get running and, and it's hard to stop. Back to the Missouri game. Missouri is so difficult to defend because they spread the floor on you with their bigs. They down screen. Do we switch? We didn't really start separating ourselves from them until the second half right. when we decided to switch all the on-the-on-ball screens and things like that. For us, going back down on the offensive end, who are, who are you going to focus on? Who are you going to focus on? I think we score the ball pretty evenly. If you look at shot attempts, we're going to usually have most of that five is going to usually get the same number of shots. So I feel like it's pick your poison a little bit, and I think that um, that makes us a dangerous team. Well, actually, and Shaida and I talked about it on both both games, uh, the Missouri game. So you had Reese with 16 shots, Morrow and Johnson 17, Michaela Williams had 12, and, and Haley Van Lith had seven. Then when you get uh, to the Ole Miss game, as I thumbed through the paper, it was it was even more evenly distributed than that. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I think everybody was in double figures, but nobody had – Oh, here it is. All right, so we had Reese 17, Morrow 13, Flage 12, Van Lith 11, Michaela 12. I mean, that is that is as evenly – and I'm sure if somebody gets a super hot hand, they might end up with a couple more. But, yeah, you know, somebody gets hot and maybe they focus on her, you know, and somebody else gets hot. Well, you have to guard us honestly. Um, you know, there's usually somebody that you're going to leave open – it's a liability on the offensive end, and we just don't have that. What we as coaches, me as the head coach, I've got to gain confidence in our bench. I have got to see them in practice every day, give me the confidence to play them in these ball games. And that was another discussion in the film room today is that um, show me, Coach, I won't be a liability out there. I'll do something. I'll make something good happen, and that comes with just – gaining confidence yeah we're able to uh, use Aaliyah del rosario a little bit sunday i don't think she was a great matchup for the missouri game not at she, all she would have been out there sh- chasing that's right she would have had to gone out on the perimeter and guard somebody who would have taken her off the dribble an older player that would shoot it right in her face you put them in so that they can be in a position to help you certainly but you don't want to destroy them out there you want them to have something good happen when you put them in the game the other now, talking about that, the one advantage that you got that a lot of people can't do with Missouri is you have big people like Angel Reese and like Anissa Mora who can get out on the perimeter if they need to and, and help out defensively. Well, they're not 6'5", six, 6'7". Six, I've coached players at Baylor that were that big that struggled to go out there on the perimeter and defend. It's just hard. But Angel and Morrow had the athleticism to break you down and get down and really make it tough 
uh, for you, and especially Morrow. If you watch her defensively, she really gets in a stance and takes it to heart. They also, uh, the five starters in the Missouri game, all had steals. Reese had one and Van Lith had one. Flauger had three. Michaela and Anissa had a couple. Uh, Williams, her watching her defense uh, and her ability to take the ball is something that she seems to have gotten a little more confident with. Well, Michaela's just very confident, period. Uh, anybody <laughs> that makes those moves and never bats an eye, she had a wide-open layup and she decides to shoot a three. Um, I was going to get to that, but since but, you brought it up. But uh, <laughs> as I told her in the film room today, you better be glad you made that three. Um, but that's confidence. Um, but, you know, that we've gotta, we've, we're got we not fleet of foot. We're not out there with speed and quickness. But we have length. We have power. Um, and we just got to get better and get in passing lanes better. And, and I think we can get more steals than we do, Patrick. Yeah, had, um, let's, uh, let's see, had nine in the game against Missouri and had, uh, nine in the game against Ole Miss. Good numbers. Turnover's a little high in each game. Had 19 in the Ole Miss game. We'll talk about that in a second. Had um, 13, but the, the number got better in the second half in the Missouri game on the turnovers. Well, turnovers, usually your post players have the most turnovers. And it's always been the case. I don't know why, but our guards are turning it over too much. And I'm going to start with Haley, and I'm going to start with Poa. Uh, they're going to get a lot, a lot of the credit, and they get a lot of the blame for things. But we've got a – between the two of them, we had, they had ten turnovers at Ole Miss. Yep. In fact, uh, one of our Bud-like fan questions is about that. We'll get to that when we come back. The uh, Kim Mulkey Show, we're at live at TJ Ribs on Acadian Thruway in Baton Rouge. More to come when we return on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Talking LSU women's basketball, this is the Kim Mulkey Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And we are back here at the TJ Ribs on Acadian Thruway. The Kim Mulkey Show is always on Tuesday nights. Basketball action Thursday night in the Maravich Center, LSU and the Aggies, 7 o'clock, and then we'll be at Auburn for a 2 o'clock game on Sunday. We'll go to our Bud Light fan question. You can access this uh, on the LSU Sports mobile app. There's a place where you can go and uh, submit a question. And this one comes from uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. Matt, Matt from Tupelo, a couple things. He uh, says, first, he says, uh, my daughter and I were able to be at the game on Sunday. So they came from Tupelo to join us, so they had a great time. And his question is this. On several occasions when the Rebels were pressing on Sunday, uh, Van Lith and others seemed to have difficulty and dribbled directly into a double-team trap on the sideline that seemed to give us problems. Was this part of a play, or was it something uh, – is it a learning curve? How do you address it? How do you, how do you make it better? You throw the ball to Angel Reese in the middle of the floor. Haley's learning a new position, and um, she would get caught. One time she tried to – beat him on the dribble and ran over the girl, and they called an offensive foul. Um, Ole Miss has got length, so when you're dribbling and you want two people to take you, when you're attacking a 1-2-2, two, two, we have a two-guard front. You want two to take you, and then you throw the ball quickly to Angel Reese, who turns and looks inside to the back to the post player, and then the backside guard. And we just couldn't, from deflections to steals and all that stuff, we didn't do a very good job of attacking it. I thought it was very effective against us because it kept us from just executing our half-court offense. But when we did just get the ball to Angel or throw over the top to our three-player, we scored at will. Mm -hmm. So it was just um, 
Um, Haley will get better. Haley's learning a new position. Poa even turned it uh, over a couple of times, and Poa's been at the point guard position with me for a year now. So we'll get better. As I said, 10 turnovers between your two point guards is, is not good. Had, uh, you know, the, the big thing going into the game, LSU's the leading scoring team in the nation. Ole Miss, one of the best defensive teams in the nation and it went LSU's favorite first quarter was 26 to 23 and I'm like this we're both on a pace to get to about 100 tonight and I didn't think it that was going to quite keep up um, but then the second quarter 24 to 14 finally we're able to kind of put some distance there at the end um, because there there was a pretty good stretch of defense in that second quarter that turned into offense that that allowed you to expand a little bit well we scored 50 points and a half that's a lot of points on the road the third quarter go break it down how many free throws did they shoot? They shot 27 for the game. In yep. that third quarter, they shot a ton of free throws. 17. So that tells me that we fouled them and we put them at the line too early. Take away those 17 free throws and see what the score would be. We cannot foul and put them at the line. When we started the game, the kids knew in their scouting report, we lead the country in field free throw attempts. They were seventh. So we knew that both teams were capable of getting to the foul line. We just allowed them to do more than, than we did. Yeah, and uh, you know, the breakdown, first quarter they shot three free throws. Second quarter they shot three. Fourth quarter they shot four. Third quarter they shot 17. Yeah. So, And that's the good thing about the quarters is you get in that, that foul, I don't know, just you're in such bad shape. You're almost glad when the quarter ends so you can start over and they're not in the bonus on every foul because it, it got better in the fourth quarter. It did, it did. And, and think about it, Morrow, she felt horrible. She fouled twice at the th three-point line. That's six free throws. That's six free throws right there. And part of the scouting report is let them shoot all the threes they want. They make three a game. Mm -hmm. So she knows. She got frustrated um, in other areas of her game, and she allowed those things to happen. And um, we'll move on and flush it. And, uh, but you, we, we allowed them to get to the foul line in the third quarter. Now, talking about uh, Morrow and the you know as a as the head coach you've got a million different things going on in a game some things you can predict you know like what defense they're going to play some things you can't like so in the middle of a game you got to kind of deal with you know you got a kid I mean, in that game it was Morrow it could be anybody who's having a rough game so you might have to you know give her a word of encouragement so you're managing not only the game and the X's and O's but also the you know, if somebody's a little bit down, you got to go cheer them up. So you got a lot of things going on. Well, you 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 can't see it all, and that's why I'm blessed to have the staff I do. They make suggestions to me in the game, and um, I tell them always make suggestions. Give me if you give me ten suggestions and I only use one, keep giving me suggestions. It doesn't mean that I'm ignoring you. I just have a lot in my head, and they don't always agree with me on substitution and things like that, but. Um, we, we work so good um, together as a staff, um, and I'm just blessed to have those guys. And maybe, I mean, honestly, there's probably things going on on there in, in events that, is just, that you don't want to know about that the other coaches can handle, and you're just doing your thing, and sometimes you don't have to know everything, right? Well, that's not just on the bench. That's every day in, in, the, <laughs> in the world of coaching. They won't come to me unless they have to. If something crosses my desk, they know I'm going to address it. So they try to keep all the things away from me. But my door is always open for a player to come and talk. And uh, But they usually go to an assistant coach that they feel very comfortable in talking to. All right, so that a uh, couple of successful wins. we got two opponents coming up, Texas A&M and Auburn. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Coming up next, our uh, swim coach.
Rick Bishop in his third season here at LSU. Things are going up, up, up for the Tigers. Uh, they got some uh, NCAA meets, SEC meets coming up. So we'll talk to him, and then a little bit later, Coach will rejoin us. We'll break down our opponents. Stay with us. More of the Kim Mulkey Show here on from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back to TJ Ribs with more on the Kim Mulkey Show. Presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And uh, as we always do, something that Coach Mulkey really enjoys is giving some of our other women's coaches a little bit of a chance to uh, talk about their programs. Something Coach and I are talking about, everybody is looking up right now. Things are are good. We got uh, welcome Coach Rick Bishop from the swimming team. Tell you what, uh, what Coach has done three years in, uh, and LSU last year had their best NCAA finish in over 30 years. They finished 13th at the NCAA meet, finished fifth in the SEC, which is the best in uh, about seven or eight years. Um, so I know, uh, you know, I know how coaches are built. It's it's not enough, but it's a good start, right? It is. It was a good start. Um, not only with the team finishes that we were really pleased with, uh, the SEC meet on the women's side, um, while we were only fifth, there are uh, 21 events in the SEC championship, and our women won eight of them. Um, the team that won the competition, Florida, they won the SEC title. Uh, they only won one individual event in the whole competition, and we won eight. So we're, we're getting some hitters. We're getting some stars. Uh, we just got to be a little bit deeper, be a little patient, and uh, keep trying to bring them along. And that's, yeah, with any – program be it swimming basketball you name it if you know you if when you've had a program that has struggled for a while it takes a little while to build depth more than anything else right that that's exactly true and, and what was great was um you know you know some of the people that were returning were returning our team captain who is an sec champion uh we're returning several of them and also our relays were really strong uh we won two of the five relays at the sec championship uh, and also, you know, our diving events, we were really strong as well. So we're getting there. We're going to keep going. We're going around the globe recruiting. we got kids coming in from all over the world and here in our own backyard in Louisiana. So we're, we're out trying to get better. The name we remember most from last year, a kid you brought with you from Michigan, Maggie McNeil, who was an Olympic gold medalist, and she's going to be back in Paris again doing the same. She will. She's still currently training with us. She's finishing her master's degree. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. Anytime you lose arguably the best athlete in the NC2A, um, you got a lot to replace. But uh, she's still with us. She's still training with the team. She's still helping people get better. Um, she'll be going on to Paris, and it looks like we'll probably be, we're hoping to take another six or eight athletes along there with her uh, from LSU to the Olympic Games in Paris next summer. Yeah. Uh, talk, how, do, how do they qualify? That, that's coming up after your season is over, before the Olympics. Is that correct? Yeah. So there will be the Olympic trials, and the Olympic trials, we, Maggie will be going for Canada. Uh, we'll have several athletes that are going for Olympic trials for Canada. Uh, we've got one young man who's on the U.S. national team, and he'll be going. Uh, he's the fifth-ranked American, and he's about – uh, a little over half a second behind the number one American, so he'll be close. And then we've got kids from various nations that will be going to their trials, and we'll be excited. You know, last year in the SEC, Maggie won uh, individual medal in the 50 free, the 100 free, and the 100 fly. How many or all of those will she try to be an Olympic competitor in? Well, she's the defending Olympic gold medalist in uh, in the 100 flies, so she's going to compete in that. She'll probably swim the other two events at Canada. 
she helped them win an Olympic silver medal on the relay doing the, doing the 100 free. Uh, interesting thing about Maggie, she had, on top of doing everything she did in the NC2A last year, she also broke two world records. And uh, we were talking about NIL and all that. So in, in doing that, she was able to bring home a, a pretty serious paycheck um, for winning the, uh, the world championships and breaking the world records. Must have been that good college coaching she got, yeah. right? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, yeah, take, take a little bit of credit for that. Talk about some of the other stars that are uh, going to lead you. you got SEC meet coming up. There is a home meet, Texas A&M. It's the senior meet. That is on the 20th at the Natatorium. Starts at 10 a.m. Then you got SEC championships, and then you got uh, the NCAAs coming up. Just throw some names. of. Uh, let's put some, some names out there and give them some credit. Absolutely. Um, we've got, you know, Megan Barnes. She's doing really well. She was an NCAA qualifier. Uh, we've got Katarina Milutinovic, and she was – uh, she'll be representing Serbia, hopefully at the Olympic Games. She was she's going to the World Championships in about three weeks for Serbia, um, so she's going to be doing that and then flying back from there to represent us at SECs and NC2As. So Kat and Megan, we also have our defending NCAA champions in Ella Varga and Jenna Bridges, uh, our SEC champions. Excuse me. So we we have some pretty pretty good things happening. Uh, some really strong relays. Um, Michaela De Villers. Uh, from South Africa, she'll be she'll be doing some big stuff for us. Uh, so we're looking forward to the big meets coming up. All right, uh, you know, as we get to the SEC meet, and uh, any goals, anything, or or do you just go and say let's do what we do? Anything you're shooting for specifically? You know, we want to keep getting better. We want to keep working to get better. Um, you know, we as coaches, we're coaches and we're teachers. We're we're trying to educate them. Uh, they're, they're learning. They're they're trying to get better, at, and they're young. Um, some of those names I just mentioned were freshmen last year, and they were on SEC championship relays as freshmen. So hopefully they can continue to, to learn and get better. I know they're doing some great things in the weight room. That's one of the things that we're hearing about. Uh, women athletes don't necessarily always like to get big and strong, but they were telling me some of the weight that they were throwing around today, and I was, I was a little scared. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, and that's – how new is that to the swimming games? I, I knew growing up here in Baton Rouge, I knew tons of kids who swam, and none of them ever mentioned anything about lifting weights. That's been 35 years ago or however long. But I, I, it, as through all sports, how much is that a big deal in swimming now? It's huge. It's huge. Um, we talk about, I mean, the size and the power. Um, Kim's got some big athletes on, on her team. I mean, we, we've got a couple of women that are six feet and six one on our team, and and they're they're telling me that they're you know they're squatting two twenty five, two fifty, and I'm like, wow. they're doing pull ups, you know, with weighted twenty five, thirty pounds, and I'm like, you guys are scaring me. Um, <laughs> It's, well, it's it's not that it's new. Hopefully, they don't have to use that strength in the water outside of just swimming. I mean, no. that's uh, but that that is it is amazing. The as I'm, as you've been around the the sport, I'm sure I'm sure you've seen it. Was something people didn't even think about. I'm sure. No, and you know it's 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 interesting when we start talking about speed and power. Um, in all sports, the development of strength, you always have the two forces at play, and especially what we do where we're trying to be better. We have to reduce our drag, and then we have to increase our propulsion, and a lot of that comes from just really being able to generate some force, and uh, they're, they're, they're doing it. Yeah, uh, it takes a lot of hard work, and uh, your kids are putting in the work, and the results are, are starting to show. So, Coach, keep on keeping on. When we uh, sit back here this time next year, maybe we can talk about some of those fifth places have come up even a little higher than they've been. Absolutely. And talk about especially about some Olympic athletes. I think we're going to have some. Huh? And we're going to just keep trying to get better. And like I said, uh, they're working hard, and we're going to be scouring the globe to bring in some better people too. All right, Coach so. Rick Bishop, third-year swimming coach. Things looking up for the Tigers. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Coach Mulkey will rejoin us. We'll look ahead. Stay with us here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. 
We continue talking LSU women's basketball. This is the Kim Mulkey Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And we are back live at TJ Ribs on Acadian Thruway in Baton Rouge with you from 7 to 8 o'clock each Tuesday night talking LSU women's basketball. And uh, our thanks to uh, Coach Rick Bishop from Swimming, uh, who's got a lot of good athletes, and they're, uh, they're getting better. He's building a program here. Well, I told Rick, I said, I'm going to keep preaching it. He needs a new natatorium. We need a new track. And then when they get new stuff, they'll move to the other side of the track, and I get a new arena. <laughs> So uh, that's that's my priority is for those two sports to be taken care of. They deserve it, and if we can get them new pl- new areas and, and and just new facilities, then we're heading in the right direction. They certainly deserve it. Well, uh, we'll have uh, back in our arena, the one that is still there, uh, the PMAC will be on Thursday night at seven o'clock. We got Texas A&M coming to town. Tigers have beaten the Aggies seven straight times in Baton Rouge. Um, I don't believe in jinxes. It's just fact. That's what's happened. Um, but they're they're a tough group. Coach Joni's got them uh, thirteen and two right now. Uh, the first thing, well, a couple things jump off the page. They have only allowed forty eight point nine points per game in their two SEC games. They lost at Georgia, but it was fifty four to fifty. Then they beat Auburn sixty six forty four. So that's ninety eight points in two games. Uh, the other thing is they are plus fifteen in rebound, so um, going to have to go to the boards like like we do. What one of our better things as well. So that's that's where a big battle is going to be on Thursday. They're much improved, uh, Patrick, and that's because of the transfer portal. They have players that have college experience that have come there now and improved their team. The one stat that just was just glaring and just stood out at me as field goal percentage defense. They're number two in the country. Yep, 31%. You know where we are? 35. And that's not a typical team that I coach. It's just we haven't been on the floor together. We're allowing too many points. That one stat sends a message loud and clear is that they're going to guard you and that they're much improved. Now, they average 70-something points a game overall. But then if you break down the two SEC games, it's a significant drop. 58 a game. Yes. So, um, you know, we the only difference between our overall stats offensively is we're averaging 92, and in our two SEC games we're averaging 88. So there's not that big a, a gap there, a big, a big drop. As I tell you, we can score the ball. But you played Ole Miss, who's known for their defense, and I thought that uh, we scored the ball against them. And now you're getting ready to play a team that's pretty much made it obvious that defense is a big priority for them. And let's go see if we can score against their defense. All right, so compare, you know, since we're talking about two great defense, style of play, how Ole Miss's defense and Texas A&M's defense, how do they stop you? How do they, what have they done to be so good defensively? Well, length. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't tell you until I see them on the court. I, film can be deceiving, but... Ole Miss just had length. They all were about the same size, and uh, they just got a lot of deflections, and they, they make you, instead of making that easy pass, you've got to put a little extra oomph in it. Um, I would imagine that Texas A&M, if they're number two in the country in field goal percentage defense, they're doing a lot of good things from fronting the post to uh, getting after you on, with on-ball stuff. I know on film they don't – they switch – and on the help side, if, if you're setting screens away from the ball, they're switching. So that's different. Um, 
own ball screens are going to hard hedge. They're going to flat hedge. Uh, nothing that we have not seen, but maybe they do it just a little bit better. Scoring-wise, they are about as balanced as you can get. They only, again, overall, they're 74 points a game. Uh, Janiah Barker, who we remember from last thing, she was a freshman last year. Very good player. It's 12 points a game, uh, shooting 50% from the floor. And then Aisha Koulibaly is a name, a familiar name. She played at Auburn last year, transferred over, uh, was Auburn's best player. Now she is... Uh, has taken her game to Texas A&M. She averages 11 a game. Barker, by the way, also averages nine rebounds. Lauren Ware, another kid who averages almost nine rebounds. They don't shoot a ton of threes. They're only 28%, and they're overall average at 42%. So, and they're like Ole Miss offensively and in, in numbers-wise. But the rebounds, and they don't force a ton of turnovers, just 17 a game. So you don't, just because you're a good defense, you know, some teams are good defensively because they force a lot of turnovers. The t- last two teams, Ole Miss and then A&M, really don't force a ton, but they just they just defend you in the half court and keep you from scoring. Well, the young lady that transferred from Auburn played post, so Flaugé's got her hands full with now having to go guard her on the perimeter. So I would imagine she's going to post Flaugé up some and, and go back and do some of the things that she's comfortable doing. But because they have Ware now, who transferred there from Arizona, who's 6'5", they've moved her to the outside. So uh, Barker is as good a freshman last year as anybody in the country. She just didn't have the players around her. She now has players around her, and she doesn't have to do it all. Yeah, Aggies struggled a little bit to get it rolling the last couple of years, but they are a solid 13-2. and two. Their other loss was to Purdue. That was in the third game of the season. Um, had a win at Wake Forest by 24 points. Uh, but a couple, you know, good just they've gutted out a couple of SEC wins, low scoring, and, and, and won. I want to take that back. They lost at Georgia, but it was a low scoring 54-50 to 50 game. So one and one are the Aggies. We will see them at 7 o'clock Thursday night in the Maravich Center. We'll take a break, come back, and uh, talk a little LSU and Auburn, get to a couple of other things before we wrap it up. So uh, stay with us here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Kim Mulkey Show, presented by Our Lady of the Lake. One final time tonight, here are Coach and Patrick on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And we are back live at TJ Ribs on South Acadia Thruway in Baton Rouge. Another edition of the Kim Mulkey Show. Another, as always, good crowd here at TJ Ribs. And... Um, good crowds, you know. We've, our crowds at home—it's it, fun, you know. The crowds before the holidays, of course, were good, uh, but once we turn that calendar, you can just feel that extra electricity when the SEC games start. I feel like. Well, we have a great crowd tonight, considering we've got a men's game starting here in a few minutes. You've got baseball doing a fundraiser for oh, the yeah. Louisiana High School Sports Hall of Fame, so you had a lot of things going on. But we still sitting here pretty busy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, speaking of busy, I saw a lot of. How many of y'all were at Ole Miss? Well, oh, you get okay. Yeah, I saw all these people were at Ole Miss. Well, they, some of them were trying to tailgate and did tailgate for a couple <laughs> hours, and then the Ole Miss people came and told them they weren't allowed to. Well, that see that you don't tell an LSU fan that no. they'll figure out something else, right? Well, they didn't tell them till two hours after they started, so they got their <laughs> tailgating in. Yeah, it, it was a little bit chilly, so they all right. We got people who are confessing out here in the crowd, but that. That's kind of neat, though. We go on the when this show goes on the road. Uh, when you see the familiar faces uh, who are there, 
and uh, it, it helps. I know the kids enjoy it. Well, absolutely. And the parents, we had a lot of parents there, I understand. And we had a great LSU group that was behind our bench. But then throughout the arena, although there were some, you know, Ole Miss people, you still had LSU people spread throughout the arena. And that's a nice arena. That thing is about eight years old, and it has a good basketball feel to it. Uh, seats probably what nine or ten thousand. Right at nine. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very fine facility. Well, and I think uh, one, our question we read earlier was from a fellow who brought his daughter from Tupelo. Yes. The LSU fans. So LSU fans are everywhere. You can't can't escape them. Let's talk Auburn real quick while we got about three or four minutes. They're eleven and four. They have lost their two SEC games. Uh, they led Tennessee for most of the game. They in fact they were up nine in the third quarter. They ended up losing by eight. And then they uh, had a rough go at Texas A&M, as we talked about, 66-44. to 44. Uh, Another team, though, not a high-scoring team. They score 68. They only allow 55.2. Uh, they got a couple of good wins. They went on the road and demolished Clemson. Actually, they beat them at home, but it was in the ACC Challenge. Beat them by 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat Washington State, who was solid. Beat them uh, in one of the, the uh, tournaments, 69-62. to 62. Um, So some good wins. and. And they're kind of in a, a remolding situation where they're trying to build. Lost some to the starting, uh, some of their starters to the transfer portal. We mentioned Koulibaly, who's now at Texas A&M. They've got one double-figure score, Honesty Scott Grayson, who's a guard, 15 points, and everybody else is in uh, single digits. They are plus one in rebounds. Um, they do force a ton of turnovers. They force 21.7 a game. So Auburn, they only shoot 41%. They also don't shoot a ton of three-pointers. Um, so we're facing a couple of teams coming up that aren't super great on offense we still got to still got to want to make some improvements there let me give you a little tidbit their leading scorer honesty scott grayson has a national championship ring with me she was a freshman when we won that last championship so she's she's been around the game a long time and she can flat out shoot it and uh johnny harris their coach does a very good job of of making them do good out there on the floor she makes them play within their strengths and yes losing to the transfer portal uh killed them with uh, the kid that transferred to a&m but uh, you got to keep coaching and look at their record you know look what they're doing i would imagine they're probably going to have a great crowd sunday and um hopefully a lot of them will be lsu folks i was just kind of counting so you won that championship in 19 <coughs> So 19, 20, 21, 22, so she's a 60-year. Yes. She's been around for a little yes, while. Yes, she has. And uh, so you know a game a little bit. Usually has been a three good three-point shooter, struggling a little bit this year, but uh, she'll be fired up. She'll well, be ready. she's probably struggling because she's being guarded. Yeah. <laughs> People know what her strengths <laughs> yeah. are, so don't give her a three-point shot. Shooting 76% from the line. Um, so Auburn will be the team that we will see on Sunday. That game will be at 2 o'clock. Hope to see. And, you know, our men are playing over there on Saturday. So they've um, got got both teams in there. So we need to go in there and get a couple of wins. Well, we've got a late practice there. We don't get to practice till after the men's game on Saturday. So um, they're going to have lots of purple and gold. Let's hope we do our part. Well, that's uh, what we will be tasked to do. LSU in their uh, last couple of meetings have had pretty good success uh, since Coach got here. The two games against Auburn uh, last year in the Maravich Center, 84-54, to 54, a 30-point win. And then a couple of years ago when we went to Auburn, 76-48. to 48. So a couple of, uh, of solid wins. It means absolutely nothing when we go over there on Sunday. means nothing. It's a new season. 
both teams are different with just a few of the returning players and um Bob, of course, coached yep. there. That's where Bob was when I got him and talked him into coming back to LSU. So he knows a lot about their program. Yeah, the, the, again, the transfer portal is so weird. You know, two, two, well, last year, when I say two years ago, Bob and Aisha Koulibaly were on, you know, the, they were at Auburn. And then the very next year, uh, you got Bob at LSU and she's at Auburn. And then now you got Bob here and she's at Texas A&M, where he <laughs> used to be. I mean, it's all so weird and intertwined it, it's it has been kind of or maybe you can tell me if it's odd or not there's been a lot of intra-conference transfers to me it feels like is that something you would have expected or not expected i expect anything now with ncaa yeah. rules um you know we were all opposed to nil when it happened and now you better embrace it transfer portal it was oh we'll at least make them sit out a year well now you can't do that um it's it's just a change of times and you better change with it i say this about the portal the portal can just crush you if you lose players but it can also make you better quickly if you can get players i have really thought that there's more parity and i'm just talking about the women's game there's more parity in the women's game because of the transfer portal and do you think that's a good thing yes absolutely Here. you you know i've i've go through an era of the early 80s where Two or three teams yep. dominated, and um, it's good. The more parity you have, the more people will watch the game. I, I agree with that, and uh, and you get you know good crowds like we have been seeing on the road. We got some programs in our league that are improving. So here's what's coming up. Again, uh, we will be at home seven o'clock. Thursday night, it's LSU and Texas A&M. Sunday afternoon, we are at Auburn. It is a 2 o'clock game, so normal start times, television for all. Of course, we want to see you inside the Maravich Center on Thursday because uh, the Aggies are tough. They're going to be tough, and uh, they'll, they'll be ready. Coach, uh, it was a good 2-0 and start. Let's go get a couple more, huh? Sounds good to me. All right. I want to thank everybody with us here tonight, Alondra Villarreal in our studio, for our uh, staff here at TJ Ribs, our normal cast of characters who are with us every week. Patrick Wright saying thank you and good night. The Kim Mulkey Show, an exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. This has been the Kim Mulkey Show with the very latest on LSU women's basketball. Presented by Our Lady of the Lake. Join us again next time from TJ Ribs. The Kim Mulkey Show is an exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. A division of Playfly Sports.